everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Presents Ice Sport Radio. I couldn't remember the name of this show on the last BSH radio. That's how long it's been since we've done it. But it is back because there's rest of the league stuff to talk about. Uh, did I say my name is Bill Matz? I'm your director of fun and games. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> no. we're doing that. Let's get to the intros. Uh, lots of fun stuff to talk about on this one. Hockey isn't back yet, but hey, they've got a plan. So let's start it off with Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. I think it's funny that we consistently reference this show that we consistently don't do. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. we're not going to talk about this because we have that other league show, the rest of the league show, and we never do it. So, Listen. Welcome back to Ice Sport Radio. We just had more things to say than could be covered on Broad Street Hockey Radio, and we're not like those heathens over at Flyperbole who just record for days on end. No. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. You know how you know that uh, all these announcements this week were good for hockey? This is how I know. Because I go on Yahoo Sports, and on Yahoo Sports they have a uh, like a kind of an, a, a top-line thing where you can click straight um, to look at like the NFL, the NBA, MLB. Mm-hmm. Well, for pretty much the entire season... The NHL has been in the dot, dot, dot section where you have to hover over the three dots to find the NHL as a league to, like, look at their main league page. Well, guess what? It's now on the main line. That's right. The NHL matters enough to Yahoo that it's not a dot, dot, dot sport. I noticed that. I noticed that on ESPN.com the other day as well. Like, for the first time in a year, the NHL is actually in the header and not in that little other sports. Look at the subsection section. Exactly. I was like, oh, hockey. This could be good. I love how it's like bowling, curling, hockey. (laughs) Well, you know, on SBNation.com, we're right up there. I mean, it's behind golf and UFC, but we're right there on the header. I mean, UFC is an essential sport in Florida, so that's something. Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I just want to take a moment to thank Charlie for drafting Joe Thornton in the fake athletic draft thing that they did. Yes, yes. I, I enjoyed was very, that a lot. I was very <laughs> excited about that. So we did a uh, a piece. Uh, basically, it's, it's actually interesting because uh, Chris Terrian just did an article uh, today basically advocating for this same thing to happen. And he had been talking about it for like a week or so. So he even beat us to the punch here. But basically the concept is that the seven teams that didn't make this 2014 tournament that the NHL created, that the 24 teams that did make it should be allowed to draft one player from those seven non-playoff teams and have that player join their roster for the entirety of the tournament. And the Flyers had like the 19th pick because that's it was done in like reverse order. And I picked Joe Thornton because Flyers need another center and it would be cool to have Joe Thornton and that'd be fun. So, yeah. And then he would be the old guy that gets the cup after Giroux. Yeah, like, I get yeah, it. Yep. exactly. Joe Thornton at 3C is what I wanted at the trade deadline. Me so that too. Would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird because my thought process why they, were, they weren't going to be able to get him was because he would never have wanted to go to the Flyers because he wanted to go to a team with a chance at a cup. And then hilariously enough, in like the two weeks after that, we all came to the conclusion that, hey, maybe the Flyers could actually win the cup. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Yes. Time, man. Uh, I just want to, before we, like, I just want to, before we get started, if just the idea of sports coming back is more about, like, 
feeding us something like opium for the masses than it is an actual return to normalcy because god knows when we'll actually get sports back when we'll actually get our normal lives back but if this is just something to keep us happy get me high on these corporate interests i have energy again i can i can see and taste and hear again i can communicate with the dead again <laughs> i'm reju i'm rejuvenated guys uh and all i can think now is if me, guy who just talks about this stuff, is reju rejuvenated, how are G and Coots and TK and Hayes and the boys feeling? I mean, They're going to come back and play some fucking hockey, man. Wait. I am excited about this. Well, TK doesn't know yet because <laughs> Nolan hasn't gone to collect him from his boat while he's fishing. He doesn't know yet. <laughs> we saw how excited the Lightning are, so I assume that the Flyers are just as excited. Who was the, uh, who was the player, the, that joke that Steph made, who was the player that, like, at la it was last year after the draft before who got traded and he was like completely off the grid or something and they had to find him um ryan hartman yeah, yeah it was it ryan was. hartman he got traded twice and no one could contact yeah. him because he just had went like and it's in his mom tweet or something like we're in contact with yeah. ryan don't worry <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome what a beauty half these guys probably still have no idea <laughs> yeah <sighs> travis konechny absolutely does not know he's been sitting in the middle of a of a pond of a fishing hole for two months someone love, needs to go collect him these guys love fishing man they just all love fishing they do love it <laughs> all right so uh everyone's had a few days to think about it uh the initial excitement has worn off and now it's looking at the logistics has it worn off i mean the initial hey hockey's coming back now it's like, all right, it's going to, there's, we know there's going to be phases and, you know, the next phase is dependent on the completion of this one. And, you know, there's a lot of things still up in the air. So with a few days to think about it, have you changed your mind? Do you have any more feelings than you did on Wednesday's show? What do you think about the, just the, the return plan and all that? Um, I still like it mostly. Um, but I have decided to be more annoyed about the draft situation because it just seems like it just seems to me like they could do all of the things in the second phase. Like, I don't know what we need the first phase for. Like, couldn't we just do it all at one time? Like, you just include the teams that didn't make it in the lottery for the first three picks and then you do the other ones after that i just see it just seems to me like too complicated yeah or just wait like yeah we're just with uh, we have the draft further down in the lineup but Sorry. we're gonna get to it because this is man we didn't get to so, it on on wednesday's show it's so silly <laughs> so my thoughts are like i'm still i'm i'm totally here for this beautiful disaster like <laughs> i i think that it's gonna be amazing and just a shit show and it's gonna be a lot of fun was that a 311 uh, reference steph not on purpose, okay. but I did listen to 311 for a long time when I was in middle school. Okay. Um, I have started to think about the non-playoff teams, the, the seven of them that are going to have a, like, seven-month offseason, and that sucks. Like, that sucks for these seven teams that are not going to be doing anything until – December or January, except for, you know, when we all do the draft and when we all do free agency, like that's all that they're going to do for, for seven months. That's a long time. And that sucks. 
for them, but not for the Flyers who are going to win the cup. It's fine. No, that's a that's a good point, Steph. Um, I think like it's that's a really long time. Yeah, and and I think that's I think Bettman actually said because I'm with Kelly and that I think the the concept of doing a two part draft lottery is just so needlessly convoluted. It's it's just classic NHL. But I believe Bettman <laughs> in his Q and A he uh, he said that like what Steph is saying is part the reason why they decided to do the draft lottery this way is that they want to give the non-playoff teams something to talk about and something for their media people to, to comment on and debate. They don't want to have them have to wait until potentially the middle of August for something to, to happen with regards to their, their teams. And, like, I I get that to a point. That said— Is like, that a reason to do something, though? Yeah, it, like, it, it, it doesn't make it less dumb, but it at least explains a little bit as to why they felt like they had to do this. It actually surprises me that the league gives a shit about, like, throwing something to the beats. Like, it just strikes me as something that they wouldn't care about because... And just NHL. over, like, the like the media is the conduit to the fans. Like, yeah. what, what are the Buffalo Sabres doing between now and December? Well, at least this. Like, shit like that. I, I, I understand. I, if I can understand your reasoning, even if I don't agree with you, I can see where you're coming from. I just... Let's look at the draft now. It's down. It's down a little further in the lineup, but like I'm, I'm even like I'm thinking about. Sorry, I'm thinking about the players too. Like the players on these seven teams are not going to be on the ice for seven months. Like that's so long. I mean, they can at some point they're going to be able to get on the ice. Like once right, they but start not like opening in, in an official training regimen. Like right, they're just fucking around on their own. That's a long time. And, and not even considering the amount of time that they've already been away from the game. Like, we could be going on 10 months without any competition for, for all of the players on these seven teams. It's, it's, it's just a long time. Before we move on, Bill, to the subject that I hijacked your outline over. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> the draft is the funniest freaking thing. Like, all it's... I love the plan to come back in terms of the playoffs, and then I read about this draft format, and I was yeah. like, wait, what? I have to read this again. And then after three readings, I was like, this still is stupid. So I did see um, one of Charlie's coworkers, Sarah Sivian, tweeted something about how, like, with everyone talking about how this cup would have an asterisk, like, perhaps the asterisk is that this one was actually harder than all the other ones just because of like how fucked everything is and how weird everything is and how not the right format this all is that like maybe you could argue that winning the cup this season is actually harder than doing it under normal circumstances i think in some ways that's true um yeah i i have very mixed feelings about like i I certainly don't think that this deserves an asterisk by any means if they get it at the same time it's just I don't know. I, I was actually talking to somebody who's in an NHL front office about this a couple weeks ago. And my, my concept is that, like, I don't even know if I really consider this 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 entire tournament, this 2014 tournament. I don't know if, if I even really consider it as very closely tied to the regular season that happened. Like, I'm almost viewing this as kind of just its own entity. This is like, this is just a tournament. 
This is a tournament that decides the Stanley Cup. I don't view this as very closely tied to what happened in the regular season because it's going to come, you know, five, six months after the regular season ended. Like, it's just hard for me to view this as the logical successor to the 2019-2020 regular season because I just don't even, I almost view this as like its own independent tournament, if that makes sense. And that doesn't mean that it's not valid. I, I agree with Sarah and that it's in a lot of ways going to be harder, especially if you're, as I said on the last show, if you're a team that has to go through five rounds to win you know, to win a cup, um, it, it is going to be harder in a lot of ways. I just don't know if like, I, I think I'm going to view this tournament 10 years from now as just its own, almost like an invitational tournament rather than the playoffs that follow the 2019-2020 regular season, if that makes sense. The World Stanley Cup of Hockey. Yeah, in no, a way. It is, a, <laughs> it is funny, like, the, you know, they announced, like, the President's Trophy and stuff. It's like, well, that thing, uh, it has no value. Yeah. So, <laughs> Even congratulations. less value than usual. Congratulations, it has no value. Uh, I, I do think, like, in my head, I, I want to – like, I want to make the regular season in normal years mean more. Like, I think the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup should be, like, equal and opposite things. It, yeah. it is its own yeah. tournament, and the regular season is its own thing. And if this sets up that in the future, cool. I'm fine with it. Um, the, the, one, the one thing I will say, and this is maybe adding a little bit too much pessimism to it, because we're be, I'm being pessimistic over something that very well might not happen— the one thing that would give me pause about, you know, does this championship for a team deserve an asterisk is if, like, I'm envisioning a scenario where one it, you get to the final four and then one team just has to stop playing and forfeit the series because everybody got the virus. Mm. Like that is when it gets tough because then it's like, okay, so we continue the tournament, but the Vegas Golden Knights couldn't play in the in the Western Conference Final because half their team got sick and they had to be quarantined. Okay, drama. I mean, you know, in the Mighty Ducks, they make the playoffs because one team got the measles, so <laughs> anything <true>. possible. <laughs> I wonder what would happen in that situation, like if an entire just team couldn't play. Like I would like. They would could they just? Or? I I don't think that they would. Force I don't. Could they just either. like call up the uh, like AHL squad or? Yeah. Get some replacements in there. You can make yeah. another movie. I mean, logically, logically, if they're playing in hub cities, if one entire team has the virus, so do all of the others. They're like I mean, it, maybe it's, yeah. It's not. They're all going to be living in the same hotel. They're all going to be seeing each other like these are the only humans you're going to be contacting with for a couple months like if one full team has it so do all of the others i mean maybe it's again now we're talking theoreticals it's i would assume that they're gonna we're already talking theoreticals (laughs) this whole show is theoretical yeah that's that's true i I guess (laughs) i mean mean, you're theorizing that a team is gonna have to forfeit because they get covid i mean that's theory that's theoretical I guess what I'm saying is that I don't know if that's necessarily true, that, like, if one team gets it, everybody's going to get it, because I do think they're probably going to try, at least, to 
advocate that the players stay away from each other. You know, obviously the individual teams won't be able to, but I, I don't envision, I don't think they're going to be like, yeah, guys, go, everybody go out to the bar, you know, all the teams, because you're all in the same city anyway, and then it's going to blast through. Like, if obviously, if one team is playing another team, that and, and a couple players on the one team have it, then, yeah, hockey, it's, I would assume it. I would assume playing a super competitive sport, a contact sport, is going to make it pretty easy for a virus to be transferred from team to team. But I don't necessarily know for sure that it's going to go through the league in the way you're saying. I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe Well, I mean, we, we know how easily this virus spreads. Like, you could have someone who's contagious in an elevator cough and then touch a button on the elevator, and then the next person to touch it gets the germs and... yeah get sick like they don't even have to be in close contact it's a clusterfuck is what it is well clusterfuck is a great segue steph because now we're <laughs> going to talk about this draft uh this lottery you're just format speeding man. through like goddamn you asked how we thought about it and then you're like well let's get down to the draft that was my bad well i, st- I know i'm just kelly brought no, up the fine. draft i just have opinions it's, i didn't say anything i <laughs> Kelly brought up the draft. I thought this was a good way to talk about the draft because it's freaking hilarious. So they have a plan for this uh, for the draft, the draft lottery. Uh, the uh, what is it? The seven teams that aren't in the playoffs, and then the eight who get eliminated from the play-in round, all eligible to win the draft lottery. Uh, different odds for you know the worst teams, et cetera, like normal. But they're gonna do it in phases. Phase one will be drawn on June twenty-sixth. If all if the top three picks are uh, are teams that did that weren't in the play-in round, that's cool. We're done. That's it. That's the top three picks. However, if a team that is in the playoffs still a placeholder team wins, well, then we gotta wait and find out after that round is determined to see who's actually gonna get those picks. Oh, what the fuck is this? That bit confused me a lot. The whole. When I was watching it, it was like that meme with the numbers floating in front of someone's face. Like, I was just like, okay, we're picking for each pick. And then if we pick a wrong team, we're picking again. But if we don't pick the wrong team, we don't have to pick again. I was like, I don't. It's just too comp. Like, no one should have to think this much about how you do a draft lottery. I don't think it's meant to be this complicated. I don't think it's that complicated it's just placeholders like you you draw also and you just don't know who's going to be in that place yet but yeah why so the other thing i don't need they need something for these teams to do like it's going to be 10 months with no hockey and and it's either you lay off the entire staff of detroit ottawa san jose los angeles anaheim new jersey buffalo or you do this draft like they've got to have something to do the other thing like pulling ping pong balls is a whole job like no, but prepping for a draft is. I don't they understand should... how, how... Did they explain how, like, these teams A through H are assigned? Were they randomly assigned? Like, do we know right now who Team A is? And if Team no. A, we don't, right? No, I believe that what's going to happen is they're just they're just random letters at this point. Yeah. And then after we find out what happens in the, uh, the play-in round, then they're basically going to do another lottery that decides which team is associated with which letter. You know what I mean? Okay, so so like if if team F wins the third overall pick or something, then at some point they'll pick balls again to decide who is team F 
and then that will be the third overall pick in a roundabout in a roundabout sort of way yeah but but all those like that percentage is going to be decided on like where i believe like they they finish the regular season okay i mean that makes sense i just it just seems needless like just wait till after the first round that's it it would be much more straightforward yeah, and I I don't know. I'm with you. I struggle to understand how um, having the top three picks happen ahead of the fake playoffs somehow, like, is going to rescue these organizations. Like, if the it Buffalo— should be prepping for the draft regardless. Yeah, and, it, you know, if Buffalo's beat writers need something to talk about, like, I've got suggestions. There's a lot going on with that organization. <laughs> I mean, no, they're, they're a tire fire. And I mean, like, plenty to talk about Buffalo. If Jack Eichel is bored, he could perhaps start constructing a guillotine somewhere in Buffalo. I don't know, but, like, <laughs> there's a lot that they could do to talk about. I mean, I don't know what you talk about in New Jersey generally. So I don't know if their media is <laughs> the Rangers. Much. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, like what was Detroit talking about before? Like how Eisenman fucking bad they were. Probably has a couple opinions. I don't know. It's just like, I I don't. I just feel like that making it. It just seems to me like they want to have the. They've been trying so hard to get a draft in June. They're just trying to get the fucking draft in June, and they know they can't do the whole thing. So, like, we're going to do something. We have to do something right now or we're all going to explode. And this is the thing that they decided to do. Which, like, fine, but also it's stupid. And it, we have to it, acknowledge it just, that. It just feels very, as I said, needlessly convoluted. Yeah. I understand why they are why they want to give those teams something to do. But it does seem needlessly convoluted. I guess the, the elephant in the room here, though, and this is, I guess, another thing that obviously the NHL doesn't want to talk about because they don't want this to happen. But there's also the possibility that this just – all of these playoffs and tournaments and play-ins that it's just not going to come to fruition. And then I guess their thing is like, so we waited two months to do this. And then the reason why we waited ended up not working out anyway. So maybe this is kind of just a way for them to hedge their bets in case none of this works out. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I can see that. It's just like, I don't know. Then come up with a different plan in two months, man. Like the world's the world's upside down right now. I don't know what to tell you. Making it this stupid. One thing I do love though, and I, I I said this for I said it briefly on Wednesday's show, but one of Edmonton and Chicago plus possibly Toronto will have a chance at the number one pick. The funniest possible outcome of this entire thing is the winner of Edmonton and Chicago beating Toronto in the Stanley Cup final and the loser of that play-in series winning the lottery. That's the uh, that, that's the chaos theory. God. I, I like, love it so much. I don't like well, so many the, angry people. Like the, 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 the line will be on fire. The important thing here is that what this allows for this to happen is it allows for Taylor Hall's team to potentially get the number one overall pick again. Oh. The Coyotes could got, still get it. I wonder it. if he's got a tweet ready. He might. Wait, how? Because if the Coyotes lose in the first round, then they would be in the lottery, and then they could get the first oh, overall oh, pick. Oh, 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 you're right. You're right. I mean, they won't, but you're right. <laughs> that's a great acquisition, though. You know, without knowing where things were going, that's a hell of an acquisition. Worked out for him. Hedge your bets. <laughs> Somehow, what's-his-face, John Chica saw this all coming, and he was like, I need a fucking playoff player right now. 
He's all right. Smart, so we're gonna take a we're gonna take a break, and then uh, we're gonna talk about some tweaks. I'm gonna talk about Alex Ovechkin. Uh, we're gonna just gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be back on the other side. And we are back. Wasn't that? I thought, I thought you said we're gonna talk about some tweets. <laughs> I was no. like, well, we could tweaks. <laughs> Oh, just some uh, some more stuff. No, we are back. Uh, that was an exhilarating commercial. I found it quite uh, quite fulfilling in my life. Uh, so uh, let's start uh, with some of the more details that came out about the restart. Uh, the NHL has advised its teams to prepare for a roster of 28 players and an unlimited amount of goaltenders. That's fun. For training camp and the playoffs, if it can return this summer. Uh, an AP report cites several jan- general managers on Wednesday who said they were told that would be the anticipated roster limit. Each team is limited to 50 personnel of any kind in one of the two cities that would host the games. When I heard unlimited goaltenders, all I thought was, this is our fucking thing! Unlimited goaltenders, this is us, baby. Bring back this all eight of them. Our, this is our Olympics. Like, we know how to do this better than anybody else. Kelly, this is Felix Sandstrom time. I'm telling you. Get him We're up We're going to get to him. Can't hurt. Let him hang <laughs> What's out. What's Ustaminko up to? Nothing. Bring him in. Yeah, Ustaminko's <laughs> been good in the AHL the couple of times he's played there. Let's see what he can do. Throw him in Jose there. Jay looks pretty good on TV. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's in shape. Where's Ron? What's he doing right now? <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> That would be... Hold on. Somewhere in this outline, it says, I hope Boosh is in shape. So, you know. Yeah, it's there. I don't... Oh, there it is. I've lost where we are in the outline. But, like, Eh. Boosh looks good. So, strap on some pads, bud. That would be, like, the best thing ever. Not the Boosh thing. That'd be funny. And Boosh probably would do better than Ron. But, like, the Ron (laughs) Hextall redemption tour. Ron Hextall signs, like, a one-day contract to play for the Flyers who every goalie is hurt and comes back as, you know, the disgraced GM to lead this Flyers team that he built to a Stanley Cup. (laughs) like the emergency backup story it's always like like videographer or zamboni driver i would love for the chiron to say disgraced former former dead (laughs) (laughs) that would be so good oh what's bernie up to i know he just had back surgery is he in game shape uh you know (laughs) i looks good past the guy the way he plays he doesn't have to get down too much he's just kind of you yeah, know, it's not like goalies kind of move, you know? Yeah, he just, you know, slides across a lot, so he'd be fine. <laughs> I want to look into that. I want to look into that walrus from the Geico commercial, personally. Mm, a bold choice. Yeah. All right, so the 28 skater thing. I was looking at who the Flyers were going to take uh, as their 28. Uh, subtracting the three goalies they've used this year and Samuel Moran, who actually played one game for the Flyers this year that... I have no recollection of. I think uh, it was one of the first few. Yeah, it, it, it had to have been. Uh, the yeah, Flyers yeah, have had true. 30 skaters for them suit up this year. One of them is Oscar Lindblom. Obviously, he's not going to be eligible. That leaves them at 29, excluding Nolan Patrick. I have the list here. Who do you think gets left off for uh, Stewart? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring you back to Stewart stuff, baby. We're starting at ground zero. All right, so number one, Chris Stewart is is absolutely gone. Like, no way. Um, and the next is Vorobiev yeah, for me no personally. He's in, right now he's in Russia. Him and his wife just had a baby. Like, stay there. You're fine. Take care of yourself. Don't, Don't need Don't come you. back. Yeah. Do not 
disgrace Philadelphia with your on ice play. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Get a KHL contract while you're at home. We're we're good. We're fine. All I set. Mean, and, and also, like logically, uh, Kasha probably shouldn't be just with this list. But I like him. I like him a lot as a player. Yeah, somebody, I, I did that fan survey thing, and somebody voted David Kasha as their favorite player on the Flyers, and I'm convinced it was just to troll me. Was it Maddie? <laughs> <laughs> was but, uh, it David Kasha? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. It was Andre, actually. He loves his one of, uh, one of my favorite things, and I believe I mentioned on the show, because now that we've brought up Chris Stewart, one of my favorite low-key things about this season was that Chris Stewart was like fired so far into the sun that they literally gave his number to Nate Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen. It doesn't like, happen. He was on the team this season and they gave his number. And he's still to a like, guy it's not like they him. traded him or released him. He's just with the Phantoms. <laughs> All of us have acknowledged, including the organization, what his role is with the Flyers, which is team nice guy. Yeah, and that's Nolan Patrick's best friend. That's it. And considering, like, it's 28 guys. You're not going to use all 28 guys unless things go wrong. Real bad. And, you know, considering how important the locker room is during a cup push, I can see Chris Stewart making it. If Hey, this is a list of 29. If Nolan Patrick doesn't come back, one person isn't making it. We all voted for Obiev. Stewart's in the 28. Yeah, you know what? You make a good point. Having him around (laughs) might be a good idea. Stop it. I mean, stop it. it. You have, listen, if we get to a point where number 28 <laughs> on the roster has yeah. to suit up and take the ice, shit's over for us. It has been over. So if it's going to be Chris Stewart having fun with his friends in the locker room, eh, there are worse things. Stop it. <laughs> what it like, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, Can we make him a goalie? Since. Oh, oh. well, now, now we're talking. He's a goaltender now. Unlimited. Stewart's. <laughs> Charlie brought up the hypothetical of like a team getting sick and like maybe you have to forfeit. So like a guy like Morgan Frost, who may or may not be like in the regular lineup when this thing comes back, but would cert- certainly serve a role as an extra guy at least. Would it maybe make sense to keep him like separate? So you have some like options in case someone do- like in case you do lose a whole mess of guys to sickness. That's, that's actually a, a really good point. Yeah, that's that's a fascinating idea. I mean, I would think that the benefit of having a guy practicing with the team and in game shape ready to go probably outweighs the benefit of him essentially sitting around in quarantine in case people get sick. But I'm open to the argument of otherwise. Yeah, like what if you just run two separate practices, like one with the actual roster and then you run a real practice with the bubble guys, but they are literally in a bubble and can never – be near anybody else and like they're not allowed to do anything they're completely quarantined with each other can't leave the room room service only i like how we're basically sending like nhl players to a very very nice prison yes that's exactly what we're doing it's a- <laughs> no, that's exactly what we're doing but think of it as like summer camp yeah listen no, who doesn't I mean, love hey, a hotel? Like, that prison is probably nicer than my life so For sure <laughs> you know but you still have the flexibility to see your families. Like, that's the part that kind of sucks. Like they I know, man. I, it's They're so lucky they just get away from their families. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, 
Who was who was it? The rich um, get richer. Um, uh, Travis Konechny's cousin. What Bo the fuck Horvat. Is his name? Yeah, Bo Horvat. His wife is pregnant, and he's like, "I'm gonna try and be there for the birth, but it seems like I'm not gonna be able to with this plan." Although to be honest, like he wouldn't be allowed in there for the birth anyway. Some hospitals are allowing oh, it. Okay, but just okay. like that's it. Like it's the doctor, the dad, oh, okay. the yeah. end. Yeah, some hospitals are allowing yeah. it because the maternity floor, the maternity wing is so far removed from mm-hmm. um, the ICU, I guess. Right. How, how shitty would it be if, like, depending on which city they pick, like, half these guys end up in, like, a Clarion Airport hotel that fucking sucks <laughs> and it has, like, no room service and ants in the room? Like, all kinds of weird shit. Like, it's just, like, a shitty $50 a night hotel because, like, that's the only option in Pittsburgh or something. Like, <laughs> not Pittsburgh. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's, like, Ohio, we know that I've changed my tune that's on true. Columbus. You love Columbus. Because that hotel I stayed in was fucking amazing. So I almost hope that they pick columbus so that all of the players can stay in that one hotel because they deserve it i just hope they pick columbus because that's the most nhl thing like we have uh chicago and la and vegas on the list and we're going to columbus <laughs> jeff Listen, carter that just, hotel just is died amazing. again i'm sure it is i would never speak ill of columbus ohio i've never been there i I'm- will i will constantly speak ill of it it's in ohio there can't be anything good yeah I'm still vehemently against non-neutral hub cities, so I'm going to die on that hill <laughs> until they end up picking, like, Pittsburgh and Vancouver. All right, so where were I we? have, um, you know, topical concerns about Twin Cities being on the list. I assume that that's, they I'm thinking that's off the list now. Be anymore? Yeah, something tells me they might not be in contention for this thing. Yeah, I think we're down to nine at this point. I don't think <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. That would I, uh, be an NHL thing, though. If oh if it's Columbus and Min- and Minneapolis, that would be the most NHL oh, shit God. ever. They're like, it, oh wait, why wouldn't? Why is that inappropriate? Is <laughs> there something going on? Yeah, oh, we've been coming up with this draft lottery plan. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I wanna I wanna lighten it back up now because fuck fuck the real world. This is hockey land. Um. I was just doing a little bit of thinking the other night, and I was doing a little bit of thinking by myself That's about... That's terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I do some math in here. It, it, gets, it gets deep. Um, I was oh. just by myself, and I started thinking about Alex Ovechkin. As one does. And how we As should feel fucking robbed of his career. All right? Uh, his rookie year doesn't happen because of a lockout. He has a lockout-shortened 2012-13 in which he leads the league in goals. He just uh, was announced as the Rocket Richard uh, co-winner, again leading the league in goals with David Pasternak. This guy's a goal-scoring machine. He's eighth all-time. I did some math, though. If you replace those three seasons, the skipped one and the two partial seasons, with his career averages from the full seasons he has played... He would be in third place all-time in goals scored already and only 20 behind Gordie Howe. Holy shit. Yeah. That is wild. Is your math right? I have doubts about you doing math. (laughs) Charlie, check the math. Get back to me in a week. I was doing a lot of maths 
Um, I think it's right. I believe His career goal total right now is 706th. uh, 706th, that's eighth all time. He would have 781 hypothetical goals if he played. It would basically, it's basically 0.61 goals per game times an average of 80 games played times 16 seasons. I mean that that sounds that sounds generally generally right. The only thing I would say is that I'm not sure, I'm not sure I give him that many goals in that rookie year because he would have been one year younger. Presumably, he wouldn't have been as good as he was the year he played because he would have been a little bit less physically developed. But I still think he would have scored. He some scored goals. 56 goals as a rookie. Yeah, like maybe he would have scored 30. Which still would have been damn good for a rookie. And then the next year, he probably scores 70 because he's got an yeah, extra year under his belt. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, we've been robbed of the greatest goal scorer of all time. He still has a chance. But, fuck, man, this really made me mad. Here's the thing, though. Like, I'm not sure I need him to beat Gretzky's record to know that he's the probably the best pure goal scorer that's ever played the game. I like no. Yeah, that's where I, I, can... I stand too. Like I don't feel robbed because I'm still watching him. Like I get to see this. Yeah, I mean it sucks for him because he, you know, hypothetically deserves to get that kind of like all time Hall of Fame recognition that lasts forever. But, um, yeah, I mean I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that. I mean, so am I wrong? It's harder to score goals now than it was for Wayne Gretzky, for a number of reasons, right? Yeah, like, yeah. goaltenders stop the puck now. Right. And also, like, you weren't allowed to touch Wayne Gretzky ever. He just got to skate in and score when he wanted to. Like, I, I don't think it's, like, a controversial thing to say that Ovi is likely the best goal scorer we've ever seen. Yeah, and one thing I'd like to point out, because I, I did this uh, this article earlier this week on the best offensive t- Flyers teams in team history, mm-hmm. and to do that, I went back through and I was looking at like the average goals per game in each of those seasons, because it was the way I was essentially figuring out, you know, you could just look at goals score, but obviously the teams in the 80s scored the most goals, because in the 80s, that was when all the goals were scored. And one thing that I realized that maybe I, I knew on some level, but I didn't realize, I guess it was to this extent, like the current day is basically as low from a goal store, a goal scoring perspective this era as like the height of the trap era. Like it's, really? I think it's, a, little, it's a little bit better, but it's the same realm. And huh. You know, the fact that Ovi is still racking up these insane goal goal totals in this era, it's pretty damn impressive. It's maybe even more impressive than I think people realize. It's uh, in in 1987-88, Grant Fuhr won the Vezina with an 881 save percentage. League average this year is like 9-10. 881 gets you like cut from the roster at this point. Yeah, 881 (laughs) is like you're 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 bad. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think this year actually was one of the better years in terms of goal scoring. Like two, three years ago, it was it was rough, guys. Hmm. Which is like super interesting because I've maintained that you don't actually need a lot of goals for the game to be good because obviously what we're watching right now is like leaps and bounds more entertaining than mid nineties trap hockey. 
I think it's just like every all of the players are getting better. So not only are the offensive players getting better, but the defensive players and the goalies are getting better. So it's just harder to score That's, a goal. I I always say like everyone oh make the nets bigger so there are more goals and to me it's not about goals it's no. about scoring chances yeah exciting things happening and like okay more goals went in but on the same number of shots like okay I don't give a shit about that that that's no more entertaining I mean if my team scores a bunch of goals cool but like that's like the 90s trap yeah it was just one team had zero scoring chances so yeah it was a three two game but. That's those. That's those are the only things that happened in sixty minutes, mm-hmm. and yeah, some fights. I, I they agree they with that. gave you a little, a few more fights. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the goalie point is is huge. Like goalies, the position has just gotten that. That's the big thing. If you ever go back and watch games in the eighties, like that's the thing that stands out the most is you watch these goalies and the technique. It's just not even close to what it is today. Like, the, the, that entire position has been revolutionized in terms of how much better these, uh, you know, these these goalies are. You know, they, they everybody played stand-up back then. And some of the goals that Wayne Gretzky was scoring, you watch and just laugh. Like, obviously, I think, I think Gretzky's the best player of all time, but his numbers were very clearly inflated by the fact that in the 80s, the scorers got better and the goalies still sucked. Yeah. <clears throat> right, so yeah, we're going like, to move from Gretzky... Oh, I, I want to actually do this because I went, I oh, went okay. back through. So oh. in 1997-98, the average team scored 216 goals. Very low. In 2016-17, so two, three years ago, the average team scored 223. So like hmm. a little bit better, but we're still talking very low goal numbers and pretty comparable numbers. That is so interesting. I'm glad you did that work, Charles. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go from Gretzky to an uh, to some current uh, all-time great Oilers, I guess. Leon Draisaitl wins the Art Ross Trophy with 110 points. Uh, he third Oiler in the last four years to win the Art Ross. Last two seasons, Draisaitl leads the league with 215 points. Uh, McDavid and Kucherov 213 right behind him. They're the only ones with 200 plus. I just wanted, like, looking at Ovi, he led the league in goals. He's, he won his ninth Rocket Richard. No one else has more than two. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, I, I just want to know who you think the best player in the league is right now. Who's the best player? I have a lot of questions about Leon And where Dreisaitl. does Dreisaitl rank? So, like, I know that there was that period that McDavid was hurt and he was still, like, outstanding. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if you removed... Dreisaitl from McDavid entirely is he still this good I don't know maybe I think he's gotten a boost yeah I I I don't think it's I think he still would be a great player Mm -hmm. absolutely but is he the lead leaguer and league leader in points over the last two years yeah I don't think so yeah and I think for me like if we're talking who is the best player in the league like all in I still think it's McDavid yeah, same. I always want to pick a defenseman, but I have a lot of trouble not saying McDavid. Uh, just because, fuck, man. Of course man. it's McDavid. Of course it is. I'm still saying. I, have you, like, yeah. I hope have you still... seen what he does with his feet? It's absurd. How fast he does. Does he show feet? <laughs> oh, God. He's got an old I think you can make a case. Picks. Like, I think you can make a case that. There's been years like during this run where McDavid wasn't the best player that year. 
Like, I believe that this year the best player in the league has been Artemi Panarin. Do I think Artemi Panarin is a better player than Connor McDavid? No. But I think this year Panarin has been more dominant and more complete than McDavid. But it kind of it goes back to, like, the Henrik Lundqvist argument. Henrik Lundqvist didn't win a ton of Vesnas because he was rarely the absolute obvious slam dunk best goalie in the league. It was just that every single year he was top five and no one else could say that. Yeah, someone would have an aberration year like Panarin this year. We know Panarin's good, but is he the best player? No. Uh, yeah, someone jumps ahead of you that way, but the average Lundqvist, probably the best. Damn, man. So how important is uh, is points total in assessing, like, ability to – like, when I say he leads the league in points over the last two years, does that automatically – oh, well, he must be a top three player then. Like, is it that important? I mean, I know the nerds say that goals don't matter. But, I mean, like, they kind of do. Like, I feel like, like if you're going to try to pare down to get to the best player in the league, the obvious place to start is, like, which five guys scored the most points. Like, you're going to get there if you pick those guys. It's not hard. So it's not the only thing, um, but I think it's definitely, like, you know, top two things to consider when you're trying to figure out who the best player in hockey is. I think it's a very good starting point. I'll put it that way. Yeah. You got to look at other stuff, but, like, goals are extremely important to winning hockey games. I mean, that's all advanced stats. I mean, that's that's the whole point of it, right? Like advanced stats are looking at all of the ways that goals can be scored. Like you're looking at puck possession because if you have possession of the puck, you're more likely to score. Mm -hmm. You're looking at shots because you're looking at the, the more shots you take, the more likely you are to score and the type of shots, high danger versus low percentage. Like it just like, it's all about goals in the end is goals the amount of goals the total of goals the only thing you should look at no but that's what the rest of the stats are are looking at in the end it's the point of hockey i was mostly just trolling those twins who always say ridiculous things like goals don't actually matter (laughs) uh we love the twins (laughs) i mean i understand where where their argument is coming from and i do think there's a very important point to be made about the importance of defense that sometimes gets overlooked when it's just oh well the guy who has the most goals or the most points or whatever is the best because sometimes those guys can be really bad at defense like classic example the classic example i'll point out for the flyers is danny Briere. like there Mm -hmm. were years where danny Briere led the team in points but i never thought danny Briere was the best player on the flyers because he sucked defensively now it didn't matter that much he was still a very good player but like Mike Richards was a better player than Danny Briere, even in the years Danny Briere scored more points than him, if that makes sense. You're goddamn right. <laughs> and that's always like, and Mike Richards will always cost less than Danny Briere, because at the end of the day, you get paid for production. So it's, it, there's always, oh, he gets paid all this money and he sucks at defense. Yeah, well, someone's got to score the goals. <laughs> yeah. I think the importance of points looking at it purely from like an advanced stat perspective is this. And you know, one one of the arguments you do hear from corners of the advanced stat community is that like it doesn't really matter. Points don't matter as much as how many goals are scored when a guy's on the ice because it doesn't really matter if he's getting a point on a play if he's helping to facilitate offense. And on some level I agree with that, but on another level I don't because 
I do believe there are players that are probably passengers on offense that aren't actually driving the goal-scoring plays, and they could have like a high on-ice goals for uh, you know goal on-ice goals for per sixty. They're on the ice for a lot of goals, but what points tell you, not perfectly, but at least they give you a better idea. They tell you who's actually driving the plays that lead to goals because there could be a guy who's on the ice for a lot of goals, but maybe he's Michael Roffel. Like Michael Roffel, the years where he was on the line with Drew and Voracek, probably had a really, really high on-ice goals for per 60. But you looked at the points, and you could pretty obviously theorize that Michael Roffel isn't one of the best offensive players on the Flyers. It's, it's Drew and Voracek that are really driving the goals that are being scored while Michael Roffel is on the ice. That's, I think the year he had 21 goals, he had like nine assists. Like, yeah. Like, all right, he's not making any plays except for the final tap in. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what did I want? Oh, I wanted to talk more about uh, McDavid and Drysital. Like, imagine having two players that good and still not being uh, good. Ooh, it's wild. Well, see, we do have two players that good. They're called Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier. Uh, they're not that good. <laughs> Listen. They're. Listen! I love them with my life. They simply the fly- are not. No, the Flyers are a great case of organizational depth versus top-end talent. Yeah, that's like, the thing. The, Edmonton the parts. has the two top scorers in the league, and they have a chance to be in the lottery if they don't win a first-round matchup. Like, that's how bad they are outside of those two guys. And How, how can always, that be? Because their front office is like an, a burning pile of tires and has been for the last like decade and they keep not firing any of them so they continue to suck even though like you would think that at some point someone would say hey there's this thing we're not changing and we continue to suck maybe we should change that thing see if we can do something but i mean in their defense they have cleaned house like shirelli's gone you know they fought they so it's not it's, totally... who did they hire as their replacement gm like wasn't it some other inside dude uh, it was, um, was it Holland? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the, uh, yeah, the guy who... The guy I mean, that ruined granted, the... Yeah, well, he was the, the the Detroit guy, yeah. But, like, yeah. still, they did remove Shirelli. It's not like they're just saying that, uh, they're just saying that it's, it's fine that they torpedoed the roster. But, that said, it takes more than one year for a guy to, to come in and solve all the problems, the complete wreckage that that peter shirelli left i guess <laughs> and they, might might wanna, they might want to hurry the fuck up though that's all i'm saying yeah. <laughs> yeah like mcdavid i can't even believe it he's already been in the league five years it, it, like, uh, he sh- i mean a player that good i mean the way that the pens were able to immediately build around crosby and malkin like why can't you do that what is the problem like you have been gifted Exactly what Pittsburgh was gifted that led them to be a mini dynasty. Like, get your shit together. It makes me mad because McDavid is so good and so much fun to watch that he's just being wasted completely, his whole prime, with that shitty team. That upsets I'm me. very torn on Edmonton, like, wanting them to be good so I can watch Connor McDavid, like, in the playoffs and do good things yeah. and see, like, a great player. Also... It's kind of fun to dunk on them because uh, they've won the lottery uh, 14 times and can't get out of the first round. 
Uh, I'm torn. I really am on uh, whether or not I want to see Edmonton figure their shit out. There's plenty to dunk on. Let me see extra Connor (laughs) McDavid. Fair enough. Yeah. Especially in the West. Tons to dunk on. All right, guys. Uh, So I just want to know, I listed some of the odds here. The uh, sports betting is back. I made a deposit at DraftKings. It's been a little while. I just don't know what I'm going with. I listed some of the odds here. Flyers looking pretty good. Plus 1,000 to uh, I, to win the Stanley Cup. I think I, that's a pretty good bet. What are you guys thinking? I have to interrupt for a second. Kelly, did you just sing Stained yeah. on a BSH radio podcast? She just did the fly purple. I did yep. the fly purple. It's been a while. <laughs> I just I had to point that out. I've been ruined by the internet, and it's impossible for me not to hear someone say it's been a while and then just go, it's been a while in my head. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> I think it's funny that you actually listen to Fly Purbly. Sometimes. Not someone has to. I'm kidding. <laughs> We've dunked on them a lot this show. Sorry, boys. Have we? Yeah. I, put uh, 20 I haven't out. been listening. I put 20 bucks on the Flyers to win the cup, like, in the summertime. It was like August, I think I did it. And I forget how much I win if they do it, but uh, it wasn't bad. I think it was like 300 bucks I would get if they won. Oh, damn. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had the odds were a lot more in the better's favor yeah. a it little was- while ago. Now they're one of the buy teams, but still, plus 1,000, I think pretty good. Yeah. It was a hilarious I mean, you said, time, but. You said sports betting is back. Did it go anywhere? Weren't they betting on just like crazy yeah i'm not betting on korean baseball and belarusian soccer i know nothing about it that's like saying here take my money please okay Okay, but come on bill i mean that's you would definitely bet on belarusian soccer yeah if they were put i i can't charlie i can't i can't watch things not in english i tried (laughs) i watched the movie parasite it was fine but like (laughs) i I can't (laughs) i'm very xenophobic and i'm sorry about it Oh, I really no. only prefer people who speak with my accent, honestly. Oh, God. Like, if I hear a New England, like, oh, my God. So, so really, it's limited to you and your immediate family? It's, it's the people if, in if, Sewell. Yeah, exactly. It's my, it's my group text. It's me <laughs> and seven other guys and their wives. That's pretty much it. Oh, God. You All right, guys. Treasure. Do we have anything else? Do we have more jokes or anything? Uh, no, but we should probably not end on you being xenophobic. <laughs> Excuse me as I burp into the microphone. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm friendly xenophobic. I'm not trying to stop anyone. I just want to be left alone. I'm an isolationist. That's a better. Yeah, that way doesn't to make put it. it any better. All right. Yeah, it doesn't make Fair much enough. Better. No, to, to to go back to the the odds that you brought up, Bill. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised that the Flyers are as high as they are. Um, I remember I went on a. Uh, a radio show for Vancouver, like a couple weeks after Ooh. after everything got paused. You really like doing that, Kelly, don't you? I know. <laughs> I love you, Charles. <laughs> but uh, but they asked me like if the playoffs had happened. You know, because at that, that point we were, I think, I think in general we were pretty sure the playoffs weren't going to happen. Uh, a couple weeks after this whole thing got started, but they asked, you know, where would you have put the Flyers? And my opinion was that. I would have put the Flyers not as a top-tier favorite, but at, like, the very top of the second tier. You know, after you get past the obvious favorites, the Tampas, the Bostons, uh, the couple teams in the West that seem like the best teams, I would put the Flyers at the top of the second tier. And truthfully, it seems like that's right where these guys have them. Um, I'm actually very surprised that they're tied with St. Louis because doesn't St. Louis have the best record in the West? Probably. 
Like this is the regular season never happened. Now, yeah, that's fair. I, I can't. But remember. but seriously, the the Flyers, the only team I would I would personally have I would put the Flyers over that uh, that they have above them is Washington. Like, because I'm convinced that the Flyers are a better team than Washington. But aside from that, like, I think the Flyers are probably right where they should be, which impresses me because I feel like most of this year, national people have underrated the Flyers. If that makes sense, it does. I'm telling everyone right now, the Blackhawks have the worst odds. They're at plus 7,500. Put money on the Blackhawks. Oh, God. Absolutely the fuck not. Fuck Bill, them. come on. You know what's going to happen. I don't They know. have all that experience. No. It's going to come in handy. I'm telling you. No. No. <laughs> Would you rather end on this, Steph? There can't be anything else uh, in I'm gonna this fire you, godforsaken so year. <laughs> I can't take any more. And a 2020 Blackhawks Cup is just too much for me. At that point, I'll hope that the aliens that they discovered recently will just destroy us. <laughs> I mean, they didn't just discover them That's recently, That's true. They just though. let us know about them. Yeah. They did just discover a parallel universe, though. That's pretty neat. Ooh, really? Yeah. How? Something about, like, I don't know, some, like, the way that some protons or neutrons or whatever the fuck were behaving in the Antarctic. People got way too much time on their hands. Smart people know shit. Uh, do they, though? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> like, how could I disprove that? If someone's like, oh, no, it's protons and neutrons, I'd be like, I don't know where... Th- okay, I guess. I'm reading a book about parallel universes, and it's the slowest I've ever read I stopped listening, like, 20 oh. minutes ago. <laughs> All right. Fine. With my xenophobia? Yeah. <laughs> that was only, like, five minutes ago. That's yeah. when I stopped listening. All right. All right. Are we done? Yeah. All right. I think so. <laughs> that is all the time we have for you on Ice Sport. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. I just wanted to do this really so I could tell everyone I did math about Alex Ovechkin. Proud of And you. we've been robbed of his greatness. Uh, that's it. Uh, subscribe, like, share, etc. Love you all. Have a great week. Goodbye.